One, two, three. Hallelujah! <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let's all be seated in the house floor. I tell you, man, that's, that's still just, there's really no explanation for it. It's just, it's just God <laughs> doing something because it's so much louder on a Wednesday and with fewer people, but, you know, the radicals stand out, I guess. That's what that's all about. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, um, let's pray before we get into this. Thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, for blessing us, Lord, blessing us to be here tonight. Thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Church said amen. amen. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, get your Bible out. Amen. Okay, so it's Wednesday night and, um, you know, we have business to tend to. It doesn't matter what's going on. Um, we, we are a church and we are a church that believes in having Wednesday night service. Amen. Um, and we need the word. And so I know for me, uh, being able to get the word on a Wednesday has been a game changer because... You have Sunday, but then, you know, you need to stay connected to the things of God. And that midweek service is something that gives us this uh, opportunity. Um, I'm going to preach this message tonight entitled Kingdom Provision, Kingdom Provision. And it's always uh, about faith, you know, Faith Academy on Wednesday nights. And so you get these extra things that are going to help you. And I would say whether you're here in person or whether you listen to these sermons online, what God gives at this church is to position you to be able to help someone else. And so if you step into that, then you always get more of God. And so you say, wow, so what does that mean? So God is going to empower you with the word, but then to whom much is given, much is required. And so he'll empower you with the word, but then you'll be in a position to where you can release into someone else's life. Amen. You can't just release into someone else's life. If you don't even know what's going on, but if you come and you get the good teaching, then now you're in a position to release. And if you do that, then now that's going to open you up to more. And so God says, I see them releasing, so I must supply and I'll give them more. And so uh, we're going to just continue to grow according to what God is saying and, and we'll receive it all. And so kingdom provision. Let's go to Philippians, Philippians 4.19. You know, we talk about provision, people run into times of life where they have needs or, um, and this is not just financial, this could be, um, you know, physical. People could have a need for healing in their body. They could have whatever that need may be. But I want to just bring out some things that God is, you know, um, wants us to review so that we can, be in a position to where we know where things come from. And if you know where things come from, then you won't get caught up looking for it in the wrong place. So it says, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so let's look at this in the NLT. In the NLT, he says, and the same God who takes care of me. So stop right there. So if you were to catch revelation of that. You know, this is what Paul is saying. Paul was used to God's provision. Paul was used to depending on God. Paul was um, used to being in situations where there was no other answer but God. And so now when you're in that situation, how many of y'all have been there before in your life where nobody else could do it? It had to be God. Amen. It had to be God. But then now you have confidence. Now imagine yourself telling this to someone else. The same God who takes care of me. See? And that's what we want to be able to, that's, that's effective witnessing, where we could share how God has been caring for us and things like that. But then we say, the same God that takes care of me is going to take care of you. But now, they have to be willing to do what you're doing. Amen? And so when you disciple people, you could say, hey, God provides for me, but this is what I do. Now, if you be willing to do what I do, the same God that takes care of me is going to take care of you. 
And this, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from where from? I want us to understand this. And, and this is going to change the way you approach this life. You, do you understand that God never wants us to ever question provision in any area of our lives? Oh, let me, let me just pause right there. He never wants us to question provision. He never wants us to ponder provision. That's not something that we're to be uh, bombarded with. And so he says, And the same God who takes care of me will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches. So it's his supply, not yours. Amen. It's God's bank account. Come on, somebody. Not your bank account. And so he will supply all of your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us. Now, I want us to get this, which have been given. And so look at your name and say, access is granted. Okay, so which have been given to us in, it says, in uh, Christ Jesus. So he says, if these things have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So when I got saved... I got connected to God's supply. Amen. I, when I got saved, I got connected to God's provision. And so it's from his riches, not yours. Now, this world runs on self-sufficiency. That's what this world is all about. This world runs on self-sufficiency. It's all about what you can do for yourself. It's all about what, uh, you, you know, what you have, what your credentials say, and all this type of stuff. It runs on self-sufficiency. The kingdom runs on his sufficiency. Amen? Come on. The kingdom runs on his sufficiency. So the world runs on self-sufficiency. What you can do, what kind of job you can get, what kind of money you can make. But the kingdom runs on his sufficiency. And so, how many know, his sufficiency is coming from his abundant supply. And so it does not matter what kind of credentials you are able to obtain in this world. You're never going to meet up to that level that God has. Amen. And so if I am as a believer, as a uh, follower of Jesus Christ, can come into that place where I say, I'm not dependent on myself. I'm dependent on him. I mean, that's a great place for me to be, because if I ever get to where I'm dependent upon myself, then now I'm going to unplug from abundant supply. Amen? And so uh, in the kingdom, there is a constant flow of provision, which is not subject to worldly conditions or restrictions. And so, man, I, I really believe things like this. If, if the body of Christ really believes some of the stuff that is in the word, like if we really believed it, we would not be stressing about any of this economy or you know, what we wouldn't even really, we wouldn't even discuss things. We would never even, it would never even come up like things about, um, you know, the food supply or the money situation. Or we would never think of this stuff if we really believe what the Bible teaches us. And so in the kingdom, there is a constant flow of provision, which is not subject to worldly conditions or restrictions. Amen. This is recession proof this is drought proof this is i'm talking nothing can stop this flow so let's go to genesis and that way we can understand god's kingdom and how he developed things and so we know that god is laying out everything and he's you know this is that him creating everything putting everything in place but let's pick up in verse 11 he says and god said let the earth bring forth grass the um, it says, let the earth bring forth grass. And so he's basically telling the earth what to do. Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed and the fruit trees yielding fruit after his kind. Next verse. Whose seed is in itself. And so I want you to catch that. Whose seed is in itself. And so. You know, we, we go to the store and there's a produce section, amen, a produce, because it is able to reproduce, amen. And so when God put it out there, he put it there with the seed so that what? It can continue to produce. And so whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. 
And if we understand that God put this in place, but grass, you know, how many know if you don't water your grass, it dies? What happens? They say, oh, well, we're in a drought. What is a drought? A drought is a lack of rain, right? A lack of rain. And so if there's a lack of rain, nothing grows. And so there's uh, problems with the farms and all this type of stuff. And but not so in the kingdom. Can I get amen right there? And, and so if we start to understand that this supply we're connected to has is not subject to any earthly condition, boy, it's going to give us a great peace. And, and we would want to say, well, what do I do to make sure that I'm always connected to that? And so um, let's go over to Genesis 2 now. Genesis 2. Four through six. Genesis two, four through six. So he says, these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they are were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field. Before it was in the earth, stop right there. So it's talking about how God made all of this stuff. But then the word says before It was in the earth. And so did the earth make the plant? Come on, I'm I'm trying to help you all. Did the earth make the plant or was the plant already made, then planted into the earth? Amen. And so when you start to understand that's your provision coming from somewhere else. Listen, this world did not make our provision. Your job doesn't make your provision. Your provision is coming from God. And it's released into the earth or, you know, into your situation. And so in every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew for the Lord God had not caused it to rain. So I just said in our in our world, we have things like droughts. Well, there's no rain, so there's no Fruit, there's no vegetables. How many know you can have a fruit tree growing in your backyard that never gets watered? Oh, come on, somebody. Because, how many know, in a drought, not everything is dried up. And there are people that will flourish even in recession, even in situations that are supposed to be poverty-stricken. Well, there's something greater, a greater provision that is available to us, those of us who are in Christ Jesus. And so God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was not a man to what? Till the ground. And so everything that was the the produce that was coming forth was not subject to the conditions of the earth because it says it was made before it was in the earth. And so what is this? This is provision without labor. Come on. This is provision without labor. God is showing us the way his kingdom works. Now, he says, I am the Lord, I change not. And so he's the same God, but what has changed over time is people have began to trust in themselves and they have fallen for the trick of the devil, which is this world runs on self-sufficiency. And so they they basically, they determine what they can or cannot do based on what they can provide. And it's not what he can provide. Amen. And so. uh, So this is once again provision without labor. And so he said that there was no rain. God hadn't caused it to rain yet. So if there's no rain. How is how is stuff growing? How how is it? I mean, we're talking about fruit and and it's producing. And well, how is that possible? No rain and no man to till the ground. And so you can imagine a farmer. A farmer goes out and what do they do? They have to prepare that ground and then they have to plant seed, right? In order for things to grow. And they have to care for it. They got to water it. They got to do all these things. They have to protect it from the insects. They have to do all, all this stuff. But with kingdom provision, it's, it's almost like a ready-made greenhouse. Amen. This thing is already ready-made. And all I have to do is tap into what God is doing and not figure a way to uh, care for myself. And so no rain and no man to till the ground. And so kingdom provision is not subject 
to earthly conditions. I want to emphasize this. Kingdom provision is not subject to earthly conditions, but rather it's your spiritual position. And so it's not earthly conditions, but spiritual position. Amen. And so if I think about that, if I am in right standing with God, if I'm in my position that I'm supposed to be in, then no matter what the earthly conditions may say, it does not affect me. Oh, come on. Do we really believe that? To where it really doesn't matter what the economy is doing. It doesn't matter what the job market is doing. It doesn't. None of that has anything to do with me. See, that's a hard one to grab a hold of. Because remember, the kingdom is not functioning based on self-sufficiency. It's based on uh, his sufficiency. And so it's based on our depending on him. Amen. How many know you can have plenty of money even if you don't have a job? I'm just saying this is if we start to understand how this works, then. The fear associated with lack will be eliminated from your life. And then some of the money discussions that you have. Come on, y'all. I mean, we're all growing and learning. We're all, you know, uh, developing. I mean, we're out here on Wednesday night. And if you're tuning in, obviously, there's something that you need from God. You realize, like, ah, you know what, man, I need to grow. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm trying to get better and better every day. And so I want to be in a situation in my life where I never discuss the cost of things. Oh, come on, y'all. Like, what happens when you don't say anything about how much it costs? What happens when you don't calculate how much you're going to lay out? What if you caught a revelation of the fact that because of my obedience, when I spend it, I'm replenished before I can even check my bank account. Oh, come on, man. I'm just, when I spend it, I'm replenished before I can even check my bank account. Oh, wow. See, money is just a tool. That's all it is. It's not, money is not our source. God is our source. Money just happens to be a tool. What if money was no longer needed? Well, like he says in Isaiah 55, come and buy with no money. And so it's still going to be the kingdom, that is your source. But the enemy tries to get you to focus on the lesser thing. And then now you're adding up what? How much money is this going to cost? How much? Well, I better what? Save my. Come on, y'all. I'm, I better save my money. I better put away what? My money. I have to keep a certain amount of money. But if you start to understand. Now, I'm not telling you to go away from this and just, you know become good time Charlie and and just be spending all your money, buying up everything for everybody and all that. I'm not saying that, but I'm, I'm making a point here so that we understand that we never depend on ourselves or the system that we live in. Because we read earlier, Philippians 419, that the same God that cares for me is going to care for you based on his riches and his glory. And we got access to that in Christ Jesus. And so now, if I'm understanding this, it's this kingdom provision. It is not subject to earthly conditions, but spiritual position. So my spiritual position is more important than whatever earthly condition. Amen. My spiritual position is more important than where I choose to live. Some people choose to live in certain places because they think the economy is better. The job market is better. So let me go over there because it's better. I have a better chance, uh, you know, to have success in my career or whatever. But if I understand it's my spiritual position that's most important, then what am I going to spend most of my time on? See, if I understand this, I'll spend most of my time on making sure, oh, come on, that I am right before God. I'll spend more of my time making sure that I am in that right place with God than I will spend on all these other things. 
enhancing my chance or uh, increasing my earning potential or whatever. You know, nothing wrong with those things, but we just have to have everything in order to where we don't get tricked because this is so subtle. The enemy will trick you, man. He'll have you. um, I mean, he could do that in the church. You know, church is not free. We've got to pay bills and all this type of stuff. But if, if I'm not careful, which he gave me revelation of this a long time ago, I'll be depending on people to make sure they tithe. Because I'll be like, well, we got all this bills and we got this and that. But see, that's a lower level revelation. Because if I do that, then now I've disconnected from kingdom provision. And now I've attached myself to a lower system. And now I'm depending on the people and the jobs that they have and the amount of money that they're able to bring to the church and all that stuff. So we're, we're subject to that to determine whether or not we can continue. But when you are connected to the kingdom, then you understand there's a flow that, how many know, it does not even matter how many members you have in your church. If you're connected, because there's a flow that is going to demand provision to come your way. Amen? And, And it can come through Many different means. And so, but it's just a matter of us understanding. So what's most important for me, that's why I never have uh, taken the path of, of changing what I preach or selling out to try to increase membership or increase finances. Um, I, don't, I don't do that because my spiritual position is everything. That's what matters the most. So let's go over here to Genesis now. Uh, we're still in Genesis, but go up to Genesis 22. Genesis 22, 7. If you can understand this, man, your obedience to God is everything. And if you really say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure my spiritual position is right. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure. Now, if I do that, man, you could, boy, you can call on God. See, a lot of times people don't want to, they don't want to challenge God. They don't want to say, you know, you could go to God and be like, oh, no, oh, I'm in right position. Lord, I, I didn't check. I'd ask the Holy Ghost. He didn't tell me something I was doing wrong. So you got to come through on this. I'm pulling on kingdom provision. Amen. And every time he'll do it. Now, you won't even be running into those situations where you have to call on him like that because it's always going to be showing up. It's always going to be showing up. Because that's just what God does. And so now we understand uh, in Genesis chapter 22, this is when God is testing Abraham. He wants to really see if Abraham is really, you know, faithful. And is is Abraham going to be someone that I can depend on? Well, sometimes, you know, if God wants to know where you are, you know, you may be challenged in an area where it's something that really means a lot to you. You know what I mean? In our time today, obviously, we don't have to sacrifice kids and all that. But it could be something that, you know, you really love. And then God may say, hey, you know, unfortunately, people have activities and hobbies and all kinds of things that they put before God. You know, and uh, sometimes God will say, I want to see where you're at. You know, I want to. And that's what he did with me when I first started preaching on Wednesday. See, even even to this day, that's why I still do it, because I knew it was something that God challenged me in. So, oh, no. Will you give up that so-called provision that you had to be obedient to me and to release what I'm telling you to release? Well, I would say even back then, I, I can't afford to do that. But but then you understand your provision comes from the kingdom and then your spiritual position is everything. So your obedience is most important. So really, you cannot afford to not do it. Because in the long run, it's what's going to pay off. It's going to pay out for you. Amen. And so that was a sacrifice that I had to make. Well, even to this day, as a ministry, you know, we're probably one of the few churches that are open on a Wednesday up in our area. And then even a lot of our members can't make it or whatever, but it doesn't matter. It's about spiritual position. And see, 
that obedience, you get the chance to obey. And now, all of a sudden, there's a continuous flow of provision that comes through your life. And so you thank God for that. And we know now Abraham was challenged. So I want to I want to see where you really are, you know, uh, and, and many of us get challenged in our lives. You trust me? Oh, you do. OK, well, let me see what you do. Well, now here's Isaac. And Abraham loves Isaac, right? He's been waiting on this promised child, but God told him to sacrifice him. And so what's what's good about Abraham is Abraham was obedient. Abraham was like, OK, even though I love him. I'm, I'm going to trust God. And he did have some faith because on his way up the hill, he told the, the men at the base camp, hey, me and my son will be back. So he knew that God was a good God and that God was going to come through. But he never allowed fear because a lot of times for people, fear gets in the way and that causes you to disobey God. It's fear that jumps in there and it causes you to say, oh, I can't do that. I can't do this. But when you really have faith, you know the character of God, then you're not going to doubt him. And so now they're prepared. They're going up. They got everything they need. Isaac has already been informed. Hey, we got to go up. We're going to go worship the Lord. We're going to sacrifice unto the Lord. Now verse seven, and Isaac spoke unto Abraham, his father and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And so it's like we're going on this this journey and which is good. I'm with you. But wait, where's the lamb? Because we're going to do some sacrificing. But where's the lamb? And so that, you know, we would all ask the same thing. But and Abraham said, now I want you guys to see this. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself. Oh, come on, man. God will provide himself. Listen, you don't need to help God do nothing. You just need to obey him. You just need to trust him. You don't need to come up with no explanation on how God's going to do it. How many know God's been doing it before you were ever put in the earth? And so he does not need our help. And so Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And so now look at Abraham's faith, though. So Abraham was told to go sacrifice his son. But then he tells his son, God will provide himself a lamb. So he already told the the guys at the base camp, me and my son are going to be back. Now, at this other time, he's given another chance to speak. He tells, so what does he do? He never speaks against it. He tells Isaac, oh, God will provide himself a lamb. He didn't say, you're going to be it. Now, even though he had in the vision, even if he had to kill him, he believed God would raise him from the dead. But my point is, he is speaking that of, he's really speaking of kingdom provision. And so in Abraham, my son, will, uh, Abraham said, uh, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together. And verse nine, and they came to the place which God had told him of and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. You know by now Isaac is like, wait, hold on. <laughs> I thought you said something about I thought you said something about God will provide himself, but I'm wait. <laughs> but yeah, you tying me up, so this don't seem right. <laughs> And Abraham stretched forth his hand. Look at that. All the way down. Even though Abraham is still in his mind, he's believing God's going to do it. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Now, I want you to take note. This is showing you it's your spiritual position. Nothing to do with earthly conditions or anything. It's your spiritual position. That is going to connect you to the kingdom provision, that nonstop flow. 
And the enemy tries to put the pressure on, tries to get us nervous, tries to get us to make rash decisions. How many know if I'm spiritually right before God, I'm not making no rash decision. I'm not making no hasty decision. Oh, I got this better jump into this. Uh Uh-uh. So you can't just be jumping into stuff and asking God to bail you out. You need to be in right standing so that the decisions that you make are spirit led. And, And you don't have to worry about getting pulled out because you went into the right thing. Because you're in right standing with God. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God. See that? He was tested and what he, he passed the test. Seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And so we see what happened here is God did provide. But along the way, Abraham was given an opportunity to obey. Well, your obedience, listen, you got to obey God even if it doesn't make sense. Come on, somebody. You got to obey God at all costs. You say, I don't care what it is. This don't make no sense to me. I don't know how we're going to, but I know what we're going to do. We're going to obey God. And that connects you to kingdom provision. See, I, I share this with people. Uh, sometimes, you know, so a lot of times people, you know, they, if they're in a financial uh, situation and they ever counsel with me, first thing I'm going to say is, do you tithe? Oh, well, I can't afford to tithe. Well, you're in, you're stuck in self-sufficiency and you're missing out on his sufficiency. And so, as long as you stay stuck in self-sufficiency, you're going to always have a shortage because you're never going to be able to provide enough for yourself. Amen. The devil always knows a way to get you in a tight spot. But when you're dependent on God, now you say, I'm going to obey him no matter what. And that's what that tithe will do is that'll put, position you to be in right standing with God to where Man, heaven has to go bankrupt in order for you not to be provided for. Come on, man. I don't know if enough enough people believe that, man. Heaven has to go bankrupt for you to be a tither and be left stranded and doing without. God will bring it from anywhere. And so just like this ram was caught in the thicket. And so we ask ourselves, where did the ram come from? Think about that. Where did the ram come from? I mean, here we go. Do you think there was just a ram up there just waiting? Okay, oh, that looks like them over there. Let me go over there. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to go over there by. I'm going to I see that looks like, okay, he about to do it. I'm saying, wait, oh, I got a couple minutes. Let me get some water. And then he's probably going, uh, oh, I see the knife is up. Okay, here we go. Let me go get in the bushes. Right? You think about it. Perfect provision at the right time, at the exact right time. Where did it come from? Come on. I mean, we've been all been in situations where maybe we didn't know where something was going to come from. We had a need, but we trusted God and then we didn't waver. We didn't fall for this lower world, this lower system and start bellyaching and complaining. We kept trusting God. And then here goes a ram in the thicket. Something comes from somewhere and it might have been a place you hadn't considered. But it's a, it's a flow of the kingdom. It's a flow of the kingdom and you just got to be in right standing with God. So it's not these earthly conditions, but it's our spiritual position that's key to everything. And so that ram, you know where that ram came from? That ram came from the kingdom. Because just like there was 
um, plants in the, in the earth and God provided those plants or he put those plants in the earth and there was no man to till it and there was no rain. I forgot to read part of that scripture where basically it said there was a mist that came up. And so in I think it was Genesis chapter two. I must have missed one of those verses, but Genesis chapter two, four through six, somewhere in there. But it was no rain. But yeah, verse six, I, I missed this. But but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And so God didn't need rain. And it just came up like it made no sense. Like, wait, we got to we're having a drought. Well, there's no drought when the mist is coming up because it was flowing from the kingdom. And so just like the ram, there was no random ram just walking around. What happened is, see, the kingdom has power over everything. The kingdom of God has power over everything and it's not restricted in any area. And so that ram came from the kingdom, but it was sparked by the obedience and the willingness to never compromise that was in Abraham. If you would have that obedience, that willingness to never compromise, then you will see God provide for you from all over the place. And see, we don't have to worry about how. We just got to trust God and know that he will do it. And so it was um, that that ram came from the kingdom. But obedience is what keeps you connected to the kingdom supply. So just remember kingdom supply. Come on, look at your name and say kingdom supply. supply. Now, what is that? Can you count that? I mean, what, how many, like, how many money counters do you need for that? You know, kingdom supply is not limited to money. Why? Because the ram, how many know the ram wasn't money? The ram was a ram. That was to be sacrificed. And so it's not just money. This was, I'm talking about kingdom supply. There have been people that have gotten new body parts. How many know that's not money? It's kingdom supply. It's a, it's a flow. How, what else, how do we get that? Oh, man, how you get them new knees? Kingdom supply. Come on, man. But if we get our faith up like that, we start thinking like, hey, man, I'm connected to a supply that never runs out. And the inventory is abundant. So basically, whatever I need is up there. Now, in the world, they're going to tell you, um, you know what? They don't have he- they don't have money in heaven and all that, which is, you know, they don't need money and all that. But whatever, that's fine. We don't we're not going to debate about that. But what there is, is a flow that will get it to me, whatever I need. So somebody can say they don't have no rams in heaven either. Well, that ram showed up for Abraham. I don't know how he showed up, but he showed up. And so we can't allow ourselves to get into these things that don't make any sense. What it is, is the provision. God can do whatever he wants. How many of y'all know God can have a tree appear wherever he wants? God can have a house appear. Come on, somebody, wherever he wants. There are no limits to God. And so we got to just understand, I'm going to stay connected. So that obedience keeps you connected to kingdom supply. Now go to Luke now, Luke 5. Luke 5, 4 through 9. So we know these stories, but um, this is when Jesus asked Peter to use his boat. And of course, Peter said yes. And he did some preaching. And he says, okay, now I want you to go ahead and catch some fish. So picking up in verse 4, he says, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drop. So that drop means a large catch, a large amount of fish. And next verse. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And so what he's saying here is, see, Peter had no concept of kingdom provision. And he thought that because it was daytime and you cannot catch these fish in the daytime because they will see the net, he See, Jesus was not thinking about, I mean, oh, you understand Jesus ain't thinking about no rules like that. Yeah. It's talking about, what, 
Oh, and with Jesus, you know, master of the universe. Think about that. You, you tell him, you're telling him what he can't do. Like, you're telling the master of the universe. When, master of the universe, I know you were there in the beginning when everything was created, but, you know, obviously you missed out on this one. We can't catch these kind of fish in the daytime. Jesus does not need any fish to be in the lake to have you get fish from the lake. Because the fish aren't going to come from the lake. They're going to come from the kingdom. Amen. And so people are going to say, oh, well, there was no fish in that lake. Well, we're not worried about it. Come on. That's how you could be excited to know because they could say, well, you know what? There's there. There really ain't no money out there. There's no job. Well, good thing I'm connected to the kingdom because it's going to come to me, not from the world, but from the kingdom. And so the thing about it is. Peter went right back into the toil. We have toiled all night. And so what is toil? Toiling. Toiling is labor-driven provision. That's why even if you have a job, don't allow yourself to start laboring at that job. Because now you're falling to a lower system. So now you're falling away from the anointing and falling into self-sufficiency. So when things get heavy and you find that, man, this job is kind of taxing, then you need to back up and say, hold on, Lord, I'm, I'm looking at this the wrong way. I'm viewing this in a different way because I'm not supposed to be toiling because toiling is labor-driven provision. So why do I have to labor to have my provision? Well, that's not what God says that we have to do. And so I've taught you guys for a long time that you look at your job as an assignment. And so I'm there on assignment. That is not my place of provision. My provision comes from the kingdom. And what connects me to kingdom supply is my obedience. And so my obedience to God keeps me connected to kingdom supply. So there's always an abundance. How many of you would like to be able to go to work and never have a moment of stress? Well, this job is stressful. Make that job submit to the kingdom. And so you start to understand there's really no reason for me to stress. Because if I'm stressing, then now I'm not under the anointing. Because the anointing breaks the yokes, removes the burdens, all those type of things. And so now he said, we've been toiling and we haven't caught anything But what we will do, because you said it, I'm going to let down my net. Well, Jesus already told him, let down your nets with a net. So he already was not expecting because he let down one net, but he should have had all of his nets. He should have took all of his nets and said, give me all of them. I'm going to put them all out there. But he had no faith. And he was not aware of kingdom provision. And so... But because of Jesus, Jesus was always in position, so he stayed in the flow of the kingdom. Amen. How many know there's a kingdom flow? When there, that, that flow of the kingdom, that's like you never count up how much money you got on you. And then all of a sudden you need something, you just peel it off. And you didn't even think twice about it. Amen. Think about it. Right? Because God... <laughs> What? (laughs) But God always supplies. And so you just don't get caught up on it. You just don't get caught up on it. Because you know what? Let me tell you guys this. The only time you should really be thinking about money, y'all want to know? Is when it's time for you to tithe. That's the only time you should think about money. That way, because you want to calculate, you know, you want to make sure you're giving what you're supposed to give. That's the only time you should think about it. Well, that's a different way of living, huh? So I don't think about money when I tithe. Really? So what about when you got to buy something? I just buy it. I don't have to think about it then. I just think about it when I'm tithing. And that's to make sure that, you know, you're giving your tenth and doing what you're supposed to do. But, so, in this story we see uh, Jesus was always in position, so he stayed stayed in the flow of the kingdom. So never depending on work. Think about this. Think about all the things Jesus did. 
Jesus never depended on work. Yeah, I know he was a carpenter and all that, but we never read in the Bible where he was a carpenter because he needed to do that work to pay. We don't remember. We didn't read that. It said he was a carpenter. He worked, but it never said he depended on that job. And so Jesus was always in the flow of the kingdom. And so he never depended on work, but what he depended on was the blessing. Amen. And so what the blessing does is it brings things to you. And so he depended on that blessing. So let's continue to read this story. And so when he he said, Peter said, I'm going to go ahead and let this down. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net broke. See that? And so there was an abundance that went, wait, we stayed up all night when you're supposed to catch fish and we caught nothing. But now in the daytime... There are so many fish that our net is breaking. So this is kingdom supply. And so now let's continue. Just uh, a few more verses. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ships, and th- that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. So this is so much provision, but it's an earthly condition that is saying you're not supposed to catch fish at this time. But yet we go from not supposed to catch it to I got too much. Come on, man. I got too much for me. So can you come over here and partake of this blessing? Come on, somebody. How many of y'all want to be in that place of life where you're like, I got too much for me. Don't don't. Can you please come over here, not come over here and give me something. That's what people normally do. Can you come over here and give me something? No, can you come over and get some of this? Why? Because Jesus was making him aware of kingdom supply, kingdom provision. I am not subject to the rules of fishing. You sold the seed. Now, this is what people don't always catch in this story. Peter sold the seed, even though he was reluctant to throw the net over, but he was not reluctant to obey God. So I want you guys to catch that. So when Jesus said, hey, let me use your boat so that I can speak to the people. Peter was not reluctant there. Peter willingly. He willingly obeyed. Now, he was reluctant to throw his net over but he was not reluctant to obey God. And so what we have to understand is we have to be quick to do it, quick to obey. And as a result of Peter, his willingness to obey, even though he was reluctant to throw the net over, he still got access to the blessing because that obedience opened him up to kingdom supply. And so... They got so many fish that they began to sink and all this type of stuff. And then, you know, later Peter is, well, let me just continue. And when Peter saw it, he fell down to Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Now, he had already obeyed and gave, let Jesus use his boat. But now he realizes, I didn't have faith. I didn't know about the kingdom supply. I didn't know about the supernatural ability of God. And so I was... Uh, subject to the conditions of the world and I was stuck in this place and I doubted as to whether or not there would be any fish. I bet you Peter thought in his mind that's why he gave that one net and he gave an old net and that's why it broke so fast. He probably thought, okay, uh, whatever, if you say so, and I bet you he said it sarcastically, that's why he repented. But the good thing about Peter is he did obey when it came time to give up his boat. And just like Abraham obeyed when it came time to give up his son. And see, it was that obedience that connected them to the kingdom outpouring and that overflow. And so, for he was astonished and all that were with him at the draught, meaning large amount of fish that they had taken in. So they were all amazed at this. But what we learn is that, you know what? Even though Peter, once again, doubted in throwing that net over, he quickly obeyed. Well, what about you? If you quickly obey God, you say, I'm going to do what God says. 
I'm just going to obey God. And see, we spend a lot of time, I'm, I'm saying we just generally speaking, a lot of churches, a lot of, there's so many different forms of teaching. There's so many things that, oh, this is supposed to unlock this, this is supposed to do this. And, uh, but when you study the word for yourself, you're going to find that it all boils back down to obedience. You're always going to find that it comes down to obedience. And that's going to be, you know, uh, people could say, well, you know what? Um, Peter sold his boat because that was his seed. Well, Peter got his boat back. He didn't give it up. He didn't. He didn't. So so Peter's boat wasn't his seed. Because you can't plant seed and then go back and take it and go and do something else. Peter did not give his boat to Jesus. He let Jesus use his boat. But what he sold was obedience. And that's what we're still sowing to this day. And so when we sow our obedience, then now it opens us up to the kingdom flow. Go to Job 36, 11. Job 36, 11. And so if they obey and serve him, see, that's, that's, that's what it is. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. And so the kind of life that I get to live is dependent upon my obedience, my obedience unto the Lord. And so now let's go before we, uh, what time is it? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we're going to be closing soon. But before that, I want us to go up to Matthew now, Matthew. So remember, think about this, the fish, where do they come from? There you go. They came from the kingdom. So if it's coming from the kingdom, it's not subject to, I'm in a, I'm in a lake, man. They, you know, you go fishing, people go fishing for sport or for fun. And, and they, they say stuff like, has the lake been stocked? You know, they, you ever heard that? Has the lake been stocked? Hey, this lake hasn't been stocked in a while. So as I mean, ain't, ain't nobody catching nothing. But you out there catching everything and people wonder, how are you catching all these fish? We haven't even stocked this lake. My fish is coming from the kingdom. And so I, I can catch fish anywhere. My fish are coming. Boy, if you start to realize this, then it does not matter. This is how people can have abundant provision no matter where they are in the world. They can have abundant provision no matter where they are in the world. They can do great things in third world countries where everybody's supposed to be broke. Because when it's the kingdom, it's going to work in Africa, it's going to work in Asia, it's going to work in America. It works the same everywhere. But it's whether or not people can believe in it. And so now, uh, in this story, we understand how Jesus was healing people and all this stuff. And what did the, the, the disciples say? You know, it's, it's getting ready to be later here. Let's send them away so they can go get themselves something to eat, right? We know this story. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart. You give them some need. Now, in their minds, they're connected to what? They're still connected to this lower realm, this lower system. And so, in one of the other translations, they even say, hey, you know what? Man, 200 penny worth is not even enough to give them a little bit. Like, you're asking us to feed all these people? That's not possible. Well, remember, Jesus was always in position. So, it's not your earthly condition, it's always your spiritual position. And that's what causes that kingdom flow to come out uh, and to, to pour out in abundance in every situation you may face. And so, but when Jesus said unto them, they need not depart, give them to you feed them. Next verse. And they said unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. This is all we got. And look at uh, next verse. And he said, bring them to me. So bring them hither. Bring them to me. And he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. Now, they, they were being made aware of kingdom provision, right? The other translations say they were in a desert place. So most of the time, deserts don't have grass. But now they're getting ready to sit down on some grass. And so God is already showing them the power of kingdom provision. And he commanded the multitudes to sit on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking 
up to heaven, what'd he do? Ah, oh, come on, man. See, this is, this is not the same as, oh, let me just pray over my meal. No, he put heaven's blessing on this situation to where there was now going to be a multiplication. Guess what? Just like he said in Genesis, the seed is in itself. And so its ability to reproduce is already there. And so God was about to show them, Jesus was about to show them that everything that's needed, no matter what the number is, they say 5,000 men, but there were women and children too. So it's probably 20,000 people. But we got five loaves, or excuse me, yeah. And he gave the loaves, what is it, two fish and five loaves? Yeah. And he gave the loaves and his, uh, to his disciples and to the multitude. And so back up, or let me see. He looked up to heaven and he blessed it and break it and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. So he took what he had, but now he took it out of the limitations of this lower realm. Wait. Uh, five fish, two loaves. This doesn't, or however, what is it? I always mix that up. Five loaves and two fish. I think five fish is better, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but five loaves and two fish. Well, this doesn't add up to feed much. But when you get connected to kingdom supply, how far does it go? Come on. You can remember growing up, growing up in the hood or growing up in poverty. You're trying to stretch something, right? You say, oh, we know how to stretch a meal. Yeah. You don't have to do that in the kingdom. I don't have to stretch anything. Right. I need to be in right standing with God. And guess what? I'm tapped into kingdom provision. And so it never runs out. And so he blessed it. He put that power. The, he, he basically brought the kingdom into that situation. And they did all. How many of them ate? All of them? Okay, so they started out with five loaves and two fish. Got that right. But there were 5,000 men only, plus women and children. So, where, how'd they all eat? I'm just saying. Where, where'd the fish and the loaves come from? The same place that the ram came from. Come on, somebody. The same place that the fish came from. The same place that was causing the water to flow up. You know what I'm saying? It's God's kingdom. It's the provision. It's kingdom provision, which is not subject to any earthly condition. What if you started to meditate on kingdom provision? What if you started to say, well, you know what? I'm not worried about anything. Because I'm connected to a supply that is not subject to anything going on here on planet Earth. See, these guys did eat and were filled and they took up the fragments that remained and it was 12 baskets full. Wow. So it all came from the kingdom. Well, there is no limit to the kingdom. And, you know, God does not need our help to figure out how to increase kingdom supply. So we don't have to come up with some gimmicky sermons. We don't have to come up with some stuff. Oh, well, just do this and you're going to get this. And so you got to do all these things to make the kingdom work. My, my question to some of that stuff is, if I got to do all that, how come Jesus didn't have to do that? I'm just wondering. If, if I got to, okay, so if I want some money, you know, I got to I got to be like I got to be challenged to the core and I got to let's say we want to buy a new church building. I got to give all the church money away. So that we can I can unlock something. Y'all y'all can help me with this. Maybe I maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm my mind's too simple. Maybe I'm, I'm not aware of something. 
But I, I like to find out what Jesus did. I'm, I'm just saying, that's just me. I like to find it in the Word, and I don't like making up stuff. And so if I got to be in a situation, let's say you come to me, you need something, you need, you want to buy a new car. And I tell you, hey, man, well, you got to sow, uh, you know, whatever. You got to sow a sacrifice amount. Okay. But, well, where's that in the word? I'm just, I'm just asking. Where's that in the word? So where is it in the word that. It says, if I want to get a new church building, I got to so I got to just take all the church savings and dump it. That's why I ain't doing that. <laughs> but I'm just saying that, see, we can look at the word and just say, that's what the word says. So that's what I'm going to do. And so what it boils down to is your obedience. Now, if God is the one that told you. To give away your car, then give it away. Because that would be out of obedience. But don't give away your car just because you want a new car. If God says, give your car away. He's not going to tell you to get that car away just so you can get a new one. Because that means you all are jump. You're going you're doing something to jumpstart his kingdom. Kingdom supply is flowing without your jump starting this thing. This thing was flowing before. I mean, we already went all the way back to Genesis. This was flowing already. Right. See what I'm saying? So there's a lot of stuff out there that, that you just got to watch out for because it could, it could start becoming somewhat gimmicky and somewhat, you know, um, uh, almost like a form of gambling. Because, yeah, obedience is a sacrifice. But it's never going to be some gimmicky thing. Amen? And so there is the law of sowing and reaping. Don't get me wrong. And so, but I'm saying for supply, God never has you gambling with your stuff. He has never has you, well, I don't have enough rent money to pay my rent, so I'm going to just give all my rent money to my neighbor and then God's going to work a miracle and give me a house. No, you just became delinquent on your rent. Because God said, I didn't tell you to do that. Amen. You heard somebody on TV. They said, now's the time. The water is stirred. Sow $1,000. Well, you don't have 1000 Just sow it on credit. Oh. Now you expect God to come fix that? And you mad because they ain't nothing. You see what I'm saying? You mad because... Ain't nothing happened. See, that's what these people be preaching this stuff, and then they they get you to do it, then they move on. Yeah. Now you you over there, you didn't get your you didn't get your harvest because sowing uh, is more on obedience than it is faith. Now that's a whole nother message, but that's an that's an obedience more so than I'm I'm doing this on faith. I don't have to jumpstart God. And I gave you a few examples tonight. And if you understand you got kingdom provision, you tapped into it, you're never going to do without. I'll tell you right now, you're never going to do without. You always have more than enough. You always be put in a position of overflow. Here's another thing before I close. Don't push yourself into overflow. Because if you push yourself into overflow, God knows if you're ready for that or not. And so you may do some stuff and push yourself into a higher bracket of earning or something like that. But God says, oh, no, no. See, there's things that still need to be worked out in you. And so you're not prepared for that. And people push themselves into situations and they're not ready for it and they can't handle it. So now you receive all that God gives you and God will continue to increase you and give you more when he knows you're even ready for more. A lot of people make a lot of bad decisions with money, but they wouldn't have made that decision if they didn't have that money. And so if I'm in a right standing, then I can handle the wealth he brings and I can make good decisions with it so there's no sorrow attached. Amen. Y'all believe it. Amen. You want to stay in God's flow? Praise God. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus for blessing us and meeting us here tonight. We thank you for the power of your word. 
We thank you that we can stand on it. We thank you that we don't have to gamble with you. We don't have to look for shortcuts or gimmicks. We just uh, stay in that right place. We stay in that spiritual position that you've called us to be in. As long as we stay in that spiritual position, then kingdom provision will come into our lives and it will not be hindered, stopped by any earthly condition at all. And so we thank you that you always supply and you always meet every need and you go abundantly above. And we're able to experience this greater life because of our commitment to you. Maybe you're watching this right now and you don't know Jesus as Lord. I want you to, uh, as an act of your free will, give your heart over. Just say yes to Jesus. Let him in and you'll see things going to get better for you. But you must welcome him as he is knocking at your heart even right now. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Praise God.